You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. And then the video cut. <laughs> All right, we've got this, Dan. We'll just make it up as we go along. All right, no, I'm just kidding. We really know what we're doing. Uh, part three of our series today. And... Uh, I just um, really get a sense that God actually wants to do something in our lives this morning. And um, let me ask you this question. If I were to say to you, can you describe the Holy Spirit for me? Would you, would you have the words to say it? Would there be a word? Would there be a, a sentence that you could use to describe Him? Do you have enough to describe Him? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to even think about a word that is enough to describe the Holy Spirit. And you know, when, um, when in language, when we are finding it difficult to describe our something, we often employ the use of pictures, don't we? We say that something is like this or like that. And we use uh, metaphors and we use similes. We say that the house was as clean as a whistle or that they fought like cats or dogs or that he was, you know, uh, as brave as a lion. And we use language and it's helpful because it helps us to describe the indescribable. And, uh, you know, if, if we were to think about the character and, and the, the holiness and the, the greatness and the incredible power of our God, words so often fail, don't they? He is too wonderful for words. He is way outside. He is beautiful beyond description. And so what we see in Scripture is we see the Bible uses a physical picture to explain to us a spiritual truth. All throughout the Bible, we see metaphors used constantly where the writers use pictures, symbols, to get across what God is like, what the Holy Spirit is like. And I've got a message today that just has really stirred my heart, actually. And I want to speak to you from a message called Symbols and Seasons. Because there are a number of different symbols all throughout Scripture that the writers use to teach us about the Holy Spirit. And they teach us about the Holy Spirit because through that symbol, we're able to see not just what He's like, but how He wants to work in our lives, how He wants to meet us. And as I prepared this message, it kind of just developed and formed. And what I noticed as I was studying through all the different symbols used in Scripture to describe the Holy Spirit, what I noticed was that for every symbol, there was a season. And for every season, there was a symbol. What I mean by that is that for every symbol I saw, I could see a corresponding season that we walk through in our lives that actually demonstrates how the Holy Spirit wants to show up there. And for every season I thought about in my life, I thought, actually, wow, there's a really beautiful picture of how God wants to work in me in that season. 
And I prepared this message and, and it was turned out to be a little different to what I was expecting because we've been doing this outpouring series and we've been doing revival nights and we've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and there's been a lot of rah-rah and a lot of power and miracles and, and then I sort of ended up with a message that actually I think God wants to speak to us about Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And then after I finished I'm just telling you what God's done in me this week. After I finished preparing, there was just person after person in our church who was meeting brokenness that week. And there were people getting sick and people having, getting bad news and people having hit devastation. And I, I just really get a sense today that some of you here, you're just walking through some pain. And maybe you're watching online and you're just in a season that really hurts right now. Well, this morning we're gonna meet Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And we're gonna meet Him through three different symbols. I've just chosen three. There are like a gazillion. But before I begin, I just wanna pray. Just believing that God is actually at work and He wants to work in your life. And I'm not sure how you turned up today. I'm not sure what kind of brokenness you're facing. But I just want you to know that the Comforter is in this room. And He wants to work in you. Would you just allow me to pray for you before we even start? I just feel like God wants to just begin to work right now. You know, we don't have to wait till the end of the message to work. He's working now. He wants to speak to you now. God, God, I just bring every person, every hurting, broken person, every person who's walking through a season of pain right now, and I just lift them up to you, Lord. And I say, Holy Spirit, our comforter, would you move? Would your presence just rest on us right now? God, I pray that they would feel something tangible in the room today that would remind them that you have not left them, that your love is for them. You're walking right with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, team. Um, Steve says hi. He is in our Manurewa campus today, and uh, he just wanted to um, make sure that you knew he was praying for you and just believing that uh, today is going to be powerful. Uh, we're really excited um, about what God is doing in the lives of those in our campuses. And the three symbols that I want to talk to us through today is the symbol of water, the symbol of fire, and the symbol of wind. And we're going to start with the symbol of water today. And it's in your notes there. You can fill it out. We're going to start with water. The symbol is water. And in John 7 verse 37, it says this. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival... Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. He, who would give, he would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. In Isaiah 44 verse three, it says this, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring 
and my blessing on your descendants. What we see here in these verses is the Holy Spirit being described like water, like a river of water, that he will come like water, rivers of living water, water that will be poured out, poured out over dry land, poured out over dry people. When our oldest son Judah was about four years old, we were living in Whangarei and he was just outside playing on the trampoline and we had uh, the the neighbour's little girl over too and she was on the swing and the swing was located next to the trampoline and Judah decided he wanted to get off but as all four-year-old boys do, he didn't want to use the ladder, he wanted to jump. And so he jumped off the trampoline but at just the moment that he jumped off, the little girl swung up on the swing and they met. They met at the highest point, at the point of the greatest impact. Her knees went into his stomach and he dropped to the ground. And interestingly, I didn't know this would happen, but started vomiting immediately. He just started throwing up. The hit to his stomach caused him to begin to vomit and he didn't stop. He couldn't stop throwing up. He couldn't hold anything down. Not one little bit of water, not one little bit of food or fluid, nothing would stay down. For hours and hours he was throwing up. So we bundled him into the car and we drove him to the accident and emergency. And there they placed him on an IV drip. And he was so thirsty. He was desperate and he kept begging us for water. Please, Daddy, please, can I have some water? I'm so thirsty, Daddy, give me some water. And we kept trying to say to him, you know, if you, we give you water, but you keep throwing up. It's just making you sicker and sicker. And then you see his eyes look down at the IV line and you can see the little wheels turning in his head. And he says to Steve, he says, is that water? Steve's like, well, it's called an IV. They call it a drip. It's got fluid in it. It's going to help you. Judah says, no. Is it water? Steve's like, well, yes, it's water. He picks up the IV line and he tries to bite through it. In his desperation to get to the water, He tries to bite through the IV line. Have you ever felt that dehydrated? Have you ever felt that parched, that desperate for water, that dry, that thirsty? The truth is that I think many of us could probably relate to that feeling of dryness, to that feeling of thirst. We may not have felt that dehydrated in our physical body, but I think Perhaps we could, we could relate to a degree that in our spirit so often we feel like we're a man in a desert with no water. Perhaps once you felt like you were flourishing or growing where you were planted, but now you just feel like there's no growth, you're not moving forward, there's no momentum in your walk with God. Maybe it's been a really long while since you felt Him. Maybe it's been a long while since you sensed him speaking to you. Perhaps he feels distant and far away. Perhaps you feel like God is silent in your circumstance. You just can't hear him as you once could. And I wonder if it's been a while in your life since you just felt him moving, felt him speaking, 
felt him guiding and leading you, perhaps the things that you once felt joy for and excitement for have now become a chore to you. Maybe the stuff that you used to look at and be like, wow. Maybe you're just like, eh. Perhaps the things that you once considered to be a privilege are now simply, you know, like an inconvenience, maybe. I wonder if maybe you can relate to being in the season of being dry, the season of being spiritually dry. And I, and I think what I want to say to you today is that when you are in a dry season, what you need is water. I mean, that seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? But sometimes we forget. When we are in a dry season, what we need is water. John 4 verse 14 says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Can I tell you that when the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life, there is a refreshing, like a well, like a spring of living water, and it doesn't run dry. If we day after day will position ourselves in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't, it's a refreshing that doesn't run dry. The thing about water is that it is the source of life. Water is the source of life. If we want to grow something, we position it near water. If you wanted to build a new community, you would build it where there is access to water. If you wanted to plant a crop, you would plant it where you have access to water. If you wanted to rear a, what is it called? A, a, a herd, as animals, things like that. You would do so where you have access to water. Stock. That was the word I was looking for, stock. (laughs) If you want life, you need water. If you want growth, you need water. If you want to flourish, you need water because wherever there is water, there is life. Wherever there is water, there is life. Wherever there is life, growth, and flourishing, the Holy Spirit is at work. When you're in a dry season, you need the water. And perhaps today is simply a reminder that maybe you need some, to spend some time simply saying, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh with your water? Would you minister to me, speak to me? Would you wash over me? with your water. When you're in a dry season, what you need is the water. The second symbol that I wanna bring to your attention today is the symbol of fire. You can write that down. The symbol, the second symbol is fire. And in Hebrews, um, sorry, Matthew 3 verse 11, it says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes to you one, comes one more who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There it is. We see this picture of fire. Then in Acts 2, we've been reading this every week since we started our series. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the sound of a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw, here it is, what seemed to be tongues of fire separate and come to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled 
with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see this picture throughout Scripture of the Holy Spirit being painted like fire. This picture of the Holy Spirit being like tongues of fire, but then we also see this picture of the Holy Spirit, that baptism of fire, that all-consuming fire as well. Ever felt like you were in the hot seat? You know, like ever had those seasons in your life where you feel, oh, it's getting a little hot in here in this season, this circumstance. Like you were in what we call the refiner's fire. You know, sometimes we look at our circumstance and we can feel like we are in fire. Like it is a red hot season right now and I just feel like just one thing after the other. Maybe you feel like you're being tested in the fire in some way. And it doesn't always feel good, does it? Like, because fire's really hot, isn't it? And so there's seasons where we're being tested by fire and it can feel a little painful. It can hurt. Fire is not comfortable unless you're really far from it and then it's cozy. But if you are in the fire, it's not comfortable. You know what I think we often do? I think we often blame the devil in those seasons. Oh, he's, 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 gonna, he's trying to put destruction, you know, he's trying to bring me trouble so that it derails me from the plans and the purposes of God's life. You know what? I wonder if we have ever stopped to think that maybe, just maybe, God set you down in that fire. Perhaps he set you down in that fire, not because he's angry, because he is not an angry God. Not because he wants to bring you pain, because he is not like that, but because there is something in your life that needs refinement, that if left undealt with, will absolutely derail you from the plans that he has for you. Because the thing about fire is that yes, it is hot. Yes, it is uncomfortable. Yes, it is painful. But the heat of the fire is what is absolutely necessary for the purification process to take place. The heat of the fire is what brings the refinement. You can't get it without heat. Precious metals have to go through it. You can't get the purest and most precious metals that are of the most value today without sending them first through fire. It just doesn't happen. They need it for the impurifications to be brought to the surface so that what's left is something that's pure and of perfection. Believe it or not, ecologists have also decided that this process is also very necessary for our forests to grow, for our grasslands, for growth to take place for the ecosystem of the forest. What often we see as a forest fire, we think, man, such devastation. They actually purposefully light forests on fire so that they can burn it all down to the ground because without that, new growth can't come through. And so they use the process of fire to get rid of the old in order for new, healthier, better, more fruitful growth to begin to come through. Right now, you might feel like you're in a season of refinement. That could be the season that you are in, a season of refinement. Can I tell you today that when you are in a season of refinement, what you need is the fire. And the Holy Spirit wants to turn up in your life like fire. Could it be that what you are actually experiencing right now 
is not the work of the enemy, but the work of the Holy Spirit. Wanting to bring refinement to your life. Could it be that there is something, an imperfection, an impurity, a character issue, a sin, something that actually God's like, I just need to deal with this. We just need to get this area of your life sorted. And as much as when we're in fire, we want to jump out. You know, when you touch fire or you go to a candle and you're like, oh, that's our reaction, isn't it? We touch it and we want to get as far away from it. No, 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 no. Actually, this kind of Holy Spirit fire is one that he wants to keep us settled into for as long as it takes. Because what you need, you need the fire to refine you. We need the fire to burn back what is preventing new growth to come. We need the fire to purify us. And the Holy Spirit, as our comforter, wants to journey with us through that season of testing, through a season of heat where the heat feels like it's turned up, through that season of sifting, of shaping, of molding that can sometimes feel painful so that he can draw out those imperfections that if left, they will threaten to derail us. They will threaten to devalue, to devalue you and devalue all that God is calling us to. It's the fire that grows your character. It's the fire that deals with the sin. It's the fire that tests your motives. It's the fire that draws out the stuff that we really need to deal with that we often try to push down. As a woman watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought, Again, about the verse in Malachi 3, verse 3, that says he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. And she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left for, t- for a moment, a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the f- silver is fully refi- refined? He smiled at her and answered, get this, oh, that's easy when I see my image in it. Sometimes... God will use what feels like a fire in your life so that he can refine us into his image. Can I promise you this? He won't leave you in there a moment longer than he needs to. When you're in a season of refinement, you need the fire of the Holy Spirit. Third and final symbol, and the band could come and join me again now. The third symbol we're looking at is wind or breath, wind or breath. Acts 2 verse 2, suddenly the sound of a violent, of a bl- the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That word wind in Acts 2 is translated from the Greek word, which comes from the root word neo, 
which means wind or breath. And that word neo is the same word from which we derive another word. And that word is pneuma, which means spirit. They are one and the same. In John 3 verse 8, it says, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Wind cannot be seen, and yet it can be felt. And the presence of wind can certainly be noticed. The Holy Spirit is like that, isn't it? We might not be able to see him, but boy, we can feel him. And I can see his presence left behind. Often we see those words in scripture, wind and breath and spirit used kind of fluidly and interchangeably. A couple of years ago, I had this sharp pain up under my ribs. And every time I would do any form of exercise, I'd go for a run or to be honest, do something, even just something more than just a walk. I'd get this really sharp pain in there. It felt like a stitch, but way worse. And I can remember going to the doctor thinking, you know, you know, maybe something was up in there and, and they did all these scans and tests and everything. There was nothing there. There was nothing nasty going on. And so as best I could, I just thought, oh, well, I'll just get on with it then. And uh, then one Sunday I was sitting just down here where Adrian's sitting and I was just sitting. Like I wasn't really, I wasn't doing anything at all. I was just sitting. And this pain was just getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I just had to get up and leave the room. Well, thankfully, Dan Owen's wife, our worship pastor, his wife is an advanced paramedic. And she happened to be upstairs at the time. So I said to her, Anna, what's going on? I'm just in so much pain. Help me. She took a look at me. She said, Vic, you know what I think the problem is? She said, I actually don't think you're breathing properly. And it's causing you pain because as you try and take breath in, you, you're not getting a full breath. And so there's, you've got pain happening right there in your diaphragm. I found myself wondering how on earth one could live to their 36th year and not know how to breathe properly. (laughs) It was beyond me. However, what I came to understand was even though it sustained my life, I had to learn how to do it again. Because for whatever reason, I'd forgotten. And some of you know what that feels like because you've had the breath knocked out of you before. Circumstances in your life, unexpected, unplanned for, quite frankly, unsolicited, have come into your life and they've taken the wind out of your sails and you're left breathless and you're struggling to take a breath, struggling to fill your lungs and it hurts. You feel hopeless in your circumstance, struggling to even get through the day. I wonder if today you are in a season of unexpected circumstances. I want you to know today that if you are in a season of unexpected circumstance, what you need is the breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit, because amidst your unexpected circumstance, invisible doesn't mean non-existent. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life, in the seen and the unseen The Holy Spirit, the wind and breath of God is there and He wants to breathe life into those dead, 
dying, breathless places. In the Old Testament, that word spirit is translated into the English word from a Hebrew word, ruah, which is a word that means wind or breath. It's the very same word used in Genesis to describe what happened at the very beginning. Genesis 1, 2, now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit, the breath, the wind of God hovered over the waters. You see the Holy Spirit, He is wind, He is breath, He is life. He is the very breath that breathed all existence, all creation into existence. He is the very breath that was breathed into the lungs of Adam and Eve. He is the very breath that breathed life into your lungs and He wants to remind you how to breathe again today. He wants to breathe that life back into your lungs this morning. In Ezekiel, a picture is painted. And Ezekiel describes it like this. He says, The hand of the Lord was on me and He brought me out by His Spirit and He set me down in the middle of the valley. In the middle of a valley, He led me all around. There were a great many of, it was full of bones. He led me all around. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley and they were very dry. Then He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord, God, only you know. Can I tell you when the wind gets knocked out of you? When you're in a season where you are feeling breathless, sometimes the hardest thing, it's the hardest thing to do to see the promises and the purposes of God in your life. Sometimes all you see is a valley of dry bones. Maybe you've experienced loss of some kind, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a dream, the loss of what you thought your future held. When you are in a season like that and all you see is dry bones, remember what God told Ezekiel to do. He said, prophesy concerning these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. Somebody needs to hear that today. He wants to cause breath to enter you. You will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you will come to life. Then you will know, then you will know that I am the Lord. When you are in a season where circumstances have knocked the breath out of you, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you again, wants to breathe life back into you again. He wants to put the wind back in your sails and see you moving forward once again. I'd love to quickly pray for you. I'd love to pray for each one of those seasons. So just as you are sitting in your seat, as I pray for the season that you feel like is resonating with you right now, would you just position yourself in a posture so that you can receive from God this morning? The Holy Spirit just wants to work in your life. And He wants to work in your life in a way that's specific to your season. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you want to move in our lives. But you don't just want to move anyway, you want to move in a specific way. Lord, I just lift up every person right now who feels like they're in a season of dryness. Lord, a season where they're just not hearing from you, not feeling like they're growing, feeling like they're not going 
anywhere, feeling like you're distant, feeling like they've lost some of the passion and the zeal and the excitement for your word, for your, your presence in their life. God, I just lift up every person right now who feels like they're in a season of dryness, God. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you allow the water, the Holy Spirit water, the wells of living water, just to begin to wash over them afresh, oh God. God, would you fill them to the point where they're not thirsty anymore, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that those who are filled with that kind of water, they don't thirst, Lord God. Lord, would you quench them, oh God. Those who feel dehydrated and desperate like they're walking in a desert, oh God. Father, I pray that it would just be like an overflowing fountain in their life, oh Lord. Holy Spirit, would you move in them? God, I lift up any person who is feeling like they're in a season of refinement, like it's hot, like they're being tested. God, I pray that they would see purpose in their fire. Lord, that they would see what it is you wanna refine and bring to the surface. God, would you be with them in the fire? Lord, I thank you that you have not left them even though they are in a fire. God, your presence is there like the fourth man in the fire. Lord, I thank you that what you are doing in their life right now will actually cause the greatest character shift. Lord, that out of the season of fire will perhaps come some of their biggest breakthrough moments in their life. God, if they just trust you in it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I lift up all those going through an unexpected circumstance right now. Something they didn't plan, they didn't order, it wasn't on the list. God, I thank you, Lord that those struggling to just catch their breath, oh God, I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit wants to bring life to them. God, that that you just wanna breathe life into them right now. I just pray, oh God, that you would just allow them to take a full breath now, knowing, Lord, that you are their comforter, God. You're with them, you never forsake them, oh Jesus. And God, when they feel like they can't, Lord Jesus, that's when you step in because you can. And God, I just pray that you would just open their eyes, oh God, to the life that you want to bring them. God, when all they see is a valley of dry bones, help them to prophesy to the breath. Holy Spirit, would you fill them again? Holy Spirit, would you fill us all again? Thank you that you are our comforter, Lord. I want to speak to one more group of people just very quickly now. Maybe you've come into this place and you don't know God. I'm gonna pray a prayer in a few moments time and I would love to lead you to a place where you could meet him because he loves you with an everlasting, unconditional, no strings attached love. And there are some plans and the purposes that he has got for your life that we just don't want you to miss out on. The problem is, is that sin, it separates us from God. We make mistakes, we try and go our own way. And the Bible says that There is a debt that we have to pay for that. But the cool thing about our God is that he sent Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death to pay the debt that we were due for our sin. And right now he wants to offer to you forgiveness for your debt. And I'm gonna pray a prayer. I would love for you to pray it along with me, just in your heart. Are you ready? We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due, that you died for my sin. And I give my life to you right now. I thank you that you have forgiven me today. 
And I ask that you would come into my life and make me brand new. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to know who I'm praying for today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't want to make you stand up or nothing like that. I'm just going to count to three. And on the count of three, I'm asking, would you just raise your hand so I can see, so I can know who I'm prayed for. I'll acknowledge it, and then you can put your hand down. Are you ready? All right, let's go. One, two, three. Awesome. I see you. Yes. Anybody else? You're saying, Vex, yes. Thank you. Yeah, down here. Thank you. I see you. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you. I see you. You're saying, Bex, would you count me in on that prayer? doesn't have to be the first time praying it. It could be just for the first time in a long time. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every person who's raised their hand. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for their life. And I thank you that right now, all of heaven is having a great big party celebrating lost ones come home. Come on, church. Would you give God some praise? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.